0: Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. We are back to talk about another defeat. Has a blueprint to beat Sunderland being set because Rotherham and Coventry have bullied and scrapped their ways, uh, way to wins this week with Sunderland being the victims. Joining myself, Stephen Goldsmith, to discuss that amongst other stuff is Gareth Barger. Evening. Good,
1: e- good evening. How are we feeling? All right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just classic Monday, isn't it? Just yeah, go and having to do work and then finishing work and talking about what's losing, so it's like like the old times.
0: To work, um, to work with any Newcastle fans—is that conversation being had? I was,
1: wor- I was working from home today, unfortunately. Um, I do work with a couple. They're not um that um like they don't go on. Like, about that much, (laughs) though. Do you know what I mean? Like, generally, they're not like gobby ones, so you know, it would be feels like unfair to, to, um, you know, it would feel unfair to have a dig at them, but I will be doing that when I'm in the office,
0: yeah, biding your time. Yeah. yeah, spread absolutely. spread spread these things out anyway. You don't want to,
1: uh, yeah, don't pee too soon.
0: Yeah, exactly. You don't want to just get rid of it all in one go. Um, we've also got uh Phil Buckingham from the Athletics joining us again this evening. Good
1: Health evening, things. gentlemen. How are you?
0: Very well, thank you. Yourself
2: slightly despondent about the weekend, but the the, the beauty of the Saturday lunchtime
0: kickoff is that you can get out of your system and enjoy the rest yeah. of your weekend after yeah, that. Yeah, I guess so. It's annoying though, isn't it? It was uh, it quite a bad place when we when we um, we lost that, and then I saw the half-time Premier League scores come in, and every single Premier League game was nil nil at half-time. So I thought, oh, I'm not even going to be able to enjoy much of the day And I,
1: positive you have your hangover in the middle of the night if you're drinking early. Generally, that's, that's what, you don't wake up with a hangover. It kind of you kind of sweat it out through the through the evening. That's <laughs> what I find. So that's that's a positive.
0: <laughs> so was, 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 we've got we, we've got to find a positive. We? I tell you, um, a
1: positive, a positive stroke, negative was Richard's breakfast on Saturday morning, which was like quite incredible. And if you've not seen the picture of that, then I'm sure Richard retweeted it and I tweeted. It, but it's uh, one of the most phenomenal things I've ever seen in my life. Not yeah. say I, I, I kind of. I was going to
0: say that you feel like you need a little bread for those. Who I don't
1: really... feel. I don't feel. What I feel like is, do you know yeah. what I think Because it's like a local business. So it's like, well, is it local? It's a kind of franchise business. It's I a think.
0: local franchise
1: though, I think. So is it bad is it is it bad to dig them out over it by name? Mm,
0: no, I don't think we I should ha- do that. I
1: absolutely would not recommend going there. Um <laughs> based on <laughs> for, for, rec- for, food. It, yeah. for food, yeah. For <laughs> food, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Richard ordered um put two poached eggs on a thickly sliced um buttered farmhouse bread. For six pounds, and what arrived was two slices <laughs> of like shop bought slice wide bread with no butter on the butter on the side, and two very sad, um, sort of poached eggs that looked like somebody had the like goat's eyeballs or something like that sitting atop them. Um, and that's at least they were runny in the middle, so that was but it was just hilarious, but yeah, maybe it was the uh... moment
0: of silence from the table when I got put down in front <laughs> yeah. of them, wasn't it? We were all like. <laughs> Who's going to say something about that? Yeah. Uh, right, <laughs> uh, and it was good. Cool. Was can kind of all get together? We went out watching match together, wasn't it? And we don't do that a yeah, lot. No, right? um, so what As the wise men say? Team, we did that, and I quite didn't. enjoyed it, apart from the result. And I've just, I mean, we get straight into it. I've, I've, I've said there is the blueprint being set in, 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 a, in a way because, um, it's interesting because. I just didn't think we turned up that really at Rotherham, but it was still the same tactic shown by the opposition, and, and we said Gareth, didn't we, when we were watching, about 10 minutes in the game, we said, we, we've played our, better here already than we did midweek against yeah. Rotherham, and aesthetically, it was good, but um, bullied well, over the game, I think, by physical team. I mean, yeah. t-
1: I mean there's, t- there's there's a few different parts of that, isn't it, the physicality thing? I mean, one of it is, and you certainly look. The the first goal was a foul and a handball, um, and just because you know you can you can see sometimes you do have to be stronger, but that doesn't mean like you you're immune to being fouled. Um, but I think it's just you know we are. I think we've shown time and time again this year that we are a bit soft at times, and we just let peop let teams do that to us. We're never like. Run around whinging like every other team. We kind of, if, if one of our lads gets, you know, clattered or something, we kind of just seem to stand there with our hands on our hips. You know, nobody like generally gets into the referee or, and not that I'm not like, you know, some people might go, you shouldn't be doing that anyway, but, you know, other teams do it. So, you know, it's maybe it's been maybe, a problem. For, we've yeah. been seeing
0: this for, for a few years now um, that we don't do enough of that. And, but what you know, the annoying thing is, and again, and it just it seems like a cop out to go after the ref because it's you know you, you can't put it on him. But at the same time, I I don't feel like he deserves us just not to see anything because yeah. the performance was just so bad. You know, the state and the obvious. Air. you have just mentioned that um the foul for the goal. I mean, their player stops playing because he knows he's fouled him, and then when the ref doesn't give anything, it's one of those like oh okay, I'll play on then. Um after he touched it with his after he touched it with his hand and he knelt down, but. This could have all been nipped in the bud, I feel. So when Jack Clark early on and he had, there
1: was Norton he, had coffee uh, Norton coffee. he
0: had, him on toast, didn't he, early on. I mean, some of the balls were getting pinged across to him and he was pulling them out of the air with a touch. And I thought, he's on it here, Jack Clark. And, and that little turn where he got away from him was so good. And he's just yanked them back. In, in, in no universes that are not a yellow card. And I feel like Phil and F, ref could have nipped all this in the bud because when you didn't give me yellow card for that, it's just encouraged them to thought, oh, well, we'll get away with this here, we'll be all right, we'll just keep, keep let's just go and kick them some more
2: yeah, um i was at I was at Rotherham on the Tuesday night, and i'm I'm sure Mark Robbins will have watched that game and thought this is how you get in amongst them, really, um this is how you've got to make them uncomfortable because man for man. Technically, they will be a better team than we are, and you, these these teams now will increasingly play to their strengths. And I, I think you can probably extend it back to the Millwall game as well. We got away with that one there, really, with a, with a late goal, but Millwall played exactly the same way, mm. just tried to to, to rough out you really. And it, it, I think that the, the more tired this team becomes, the easier they are to to do that too. Um, and they, they always have spells in games where this group of players is, is very, very talented for this level. So they always have spells of games where they will test opponents. And we saw that for the first 20 minutes at Coventry, most of the second half at Rotherham. Um, for, for as badly as someone played at Rotherham, I, we still should have taken something from the game. Um, and and, and even, even at Coventry there, you know, the, Every start suggested that Sunland had more of the ball, and but that was just Coventry were just content to to play that way. Um, and, and and once they got ahead, wasn't too many opportunities to to get back in the game, was there? For all, for all the possession we had, it's not like we, like we were fluffing chance after chance, and it just frustrating really.
1: I mean, you look at the you know the <clears throat> what they had in 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 some areas of the pitch and. You, you know, they've obviously got some really good individual players and they're also very physically strong. Um, and we saw that the first game of the season um, and at and the the weekend. And, you know, I think, you know, if you want to look at some positives out of it, I guess, you know, we, we were in the game to the end. Um, you know, we, at 2-0, we, we, we managed to get a goal back. And, you know, that's... You know, no matter how badly we've played at times this season, which has been rare, to be fair, we haven't had loads of bad performances. Um, We're always seen to be in the game. Um, And that was the case again on Saturday. Nice goal by Ahmad as well. So I guess that's a positive. Um, But, and you know, if you want to save it, a more competent referee on another day might have helped us out a bit and, it would have been finished 1-1 if that, that first goal doesn't go in. Or, you know, it, it, could, it could be different. But um, it's just a bit of a shame, isn't it? Because, you know, you, look, you were about three minutes from three wins in a week on Saturday. You dropped those points. Then you think you're going to a team that's fourth bottom, who you absolutely battered in the, the first time you played them this season. Thinking, well of the five game run that we've got this is probably the more easy fixture lose that game and then lose a frustrating one on the saturday so it's it's just a bit um you know frustrating because i think when when it's going i mean I say when it's going well it is going well and it has gone well over the course of the season but when you get a little bad run the defi- and our deficiencies are exposed um over, you know, two games consistently, it does, it doesn't kind of, it's a bit of a reality check, isn't
2: it? I don't think there's many criticisms you can level at this team, but I do think naivety is one of them at times.
0: Um... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult when there's not a certain kind of profile of player in the side to help the young lads yeah, right? out when they start when this starts happening, though, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah. you know, I, I mentioned Clark then. I, like I said, I really thought he was gonna be on it. I thought the first 10 minutes he was just outstanding. And um and you know, when he you got that drag, but like I say, the record could have nipped this all in the bud by booking it, up. It, it, it's 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 in what world is not a yellow card? He's 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 turned him and he's pulled him back and he's stopped him from getting in the area. So it doesn't matter what minute of the game it is, what divisional level you're playing at, that's a yellow card. And it's indefensible, nobody can see otherwise. And when it kept happening, it seemed to just knock Clark's confidence, and that spread through the team. And I'm just concerned now that this is this is this is the thing that's gonna start um knocking the confidence out of these players because
1: not it. letting them not We'd not letting it. them just turn
0: up and have the wrong way. They, 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 like I said at the very start, and like Phil's just said there, this week there's been a blueprint set now. A Blueprint and
1: and I mean you told us you the the referee would be slightly more competent, but you you never know on a different day, you, maybe you've got a slightly you get a slightly less bad referee. You would would have dealt with some of the the issues. Um, I mean the the Ahmad. One where he got a yellow card after he was fouled four times <laughs> in the space of ten seconds, and then it's he amazing. got a yellow card.
0: Amazing,
1: because um, at
0: first, at full speed, he thought that he kicked out or something. But then, but then you actually, when you, when you see it back, he, just he didn't kick. He, he tried to put, yeah, he was trying to pull his leg away because a guy was trying to grab all of it. Unbelievable! I've never. I would love like. To be a fly on the wall and see, like, if any whether he's going to have to explain his decisions or not, you know, I won't hold my breath. But I would love to be a fly on the wall to see if, if he did, and somebody showed them that first foul by not on Cuthi and said, "Can you please just explain to me how that's not a yellow card?" And then secondly, the Ahmad one and say, "Can you please tell me what your reasoning for booking this player is?" Just to hear what he said, it's so annoying, and we we generally avoid ref bashing, don't we? I and mean, I don't want to use it as an excuse, but it's Sometimes, but... it's uh, I have you know, I, I can't remember being that um open mouth by ref's performance, I don't think. I'm not even exaggerating. Yeah, well it wasn't it wasn't good, but
1: you know, I think you know, in terms of from our perspective though, well, if the referee's gonna start letting things go and he wants it to be a physical encounter, you know, why doesn't one of our players just go and smash somebody? Like they were doing it us all game, so why don't we get? Why don't we get something going? Why doesn't want You know, some like Hume or something like that, or whatever, just go out and gonna. When there's a when the ball runs loose, and it's a fifty fifty, I'm I'm gonna make sure it's mine, and maybe make sure I leave a little well, the, bit the, on the, them. Well,
0: the look the look we had on Saturday, we would somebody would have been sent off. Possibly,
1: but it just felt as though we needed. to spark something up, and maybe get a bit. You know. Get their players running over around the twist and having a bit, have a little bit of a Barney and like you well, know. Well, I'll tell that you get, what, that well, does well, get people that, going.
0: There's an obvious player who comes to mind, isn't there? When you if you talk yeah. about that, or somebody who is fit
1: in if, if he, the team. If and, he times and, and the tackle properly, then yeah,
0: we were surprised. Yeah. Well, we were surprised. Oh, I was surprised. No, I spotted that in the previous show that or nine didn't play in midfield on Saturday, and I don't want to be director of hindsight here, because I know that we did get asked the question, the group chat with the team teams come out and we were saying, come on, let's not speak in hindsight. Are people happy with the team? And the majority said, yes. However, I didn't realize, and I, and I don't know if Coventry have just adapted and played like this because it's us. And and like Phil said, to watch the Robben game or whatever, or whether they just play like this generally, because if they play like this generally and always is physical, then, then I I I would, I would have suggested that Lugo nine would be the person to play in the middle. And, it's quite remarkable really that we're here um requesting this <laughs> for Luke 09 to to play in the middle because it's not it's not somewhere we've we've been very um um positive about his 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 attributes and, and ability to be fair. But it might be a simplistic um solution, Phil, but it seems like an obvious one to me that that, that I'm surprised it didn't happen in either yeah. game.
2: Well, those last two games haven't played into Mishu's hands, have they? Um, that they, Those aren't the type of games that will play to his strengths. And when Dan Neal is his partner, a lot of time for Dan Neal, but he's 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 not an enforcer. He's not going to break up play. Um, his His best stuff comes on the ball. And again, it, it probably just highlights how much they're, they're going to miss Corey Evans between now and the end of the season. He's he's that steady Eddie. He's he's the experienced player in there, and I think sometimes he can guide the team a lot better than those two can. Um You know, I I, I was I, I still am encouraged by Mishu and the direction he's going in, and he's he's a lot better than. I thought he was around the sort of christmas time you know he's he's had some excellent games in the in the past month, but th- those ones show him up where he, his game isn't quite to. um i'm not saying it's up to championship standard because he's he's clearly a, a more technical player than that, but it just doesn't play to his strengths and and if opponents rough him up early um his, his influence on the game soon. Dwindles and and perhaps as well the the other thing I would say in his defence is that he's played an awful lot of football in a, in in two three weeks and mm. you know and, and that that extends to most of the team frankly and, and ever since the um since the Fulham away game in in the FA Cup the games just come thick and fast haven't they and it, because it's such a young team there's not many of them are used to playing this many games in in such a short space of time and. Yeah, perhaps an element of that as well, where they just run out of puff a little bit. Mm.
0: I mean, it, it is interesting that because he, he he was barely playing at all, and then suddenly, like you say, he just seems to be playing all the time and a lot now. Mm. Whether Mowbray thinks Eck was ready yet, because he would be another person who does have the profile to, to to play in the midfield if um if sides are going to attempt that. You're not. You're not convinced early on. I'm, are not you guys? I'm,
1: not, I'm not saying I'm not convinced. He just looks a bit creaky to me. But well, you, you know, he doesn't look comfortable on the ball at times. But like he's, you know, feels really harsh. Like take any of them. Like the like the kids who have been asked to do the job. You know, two games a week, um, without. You know, lose an experienced players through the spine. And obviously we've got Ballard who's young but experienced at the level. And and Bart and and you know, oh9 who's experienced, but again, he hasn't played much championship football. Um, I mean none of them have really. So it it's 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 a tough ask, I think, to for to get to have them perform to the level that they have been every week and expect that. And I think we kind of touched on that. Um, you know, a few fair few times that you know maybe we've been, you know, we we haven't been maybe not been we've not been fair to these players by not giving them the support that they need when they do need that break and they do need the person um alongside them who's going to you know have a word or pick them up or whatever um and we're certainly missing that at the moment. I guess the, the counter argument, well, it's sink or swim, isn't it? So you know, you can learn, you learn quickly if you if you need to, and you've got the ability. And we have seen that, I think, in some of the individual performances from the players. So that's a positive thing. But I think when you look at the overall context of the season, and we're not, you know, you're not going to be immune to losing games when you when you've just been promoted. Um, but just it's just a bit frustration when you think, oh, that. There was an opportunity there to do something um, this year that nobody expected, and just because nobody expected it doesn't mean that we don't try it. Yeah, try well, to do it um, when when the opportunity presents itself, and we shouldn't fall back on. We shouldn't fall back on oh well, we've, we've we're already exceeded expectations. So yeah, you know, capitalize on it. Yeah, you know, we've, been, we've been there before. Like, if you think about, you know, I always end up harping on about the past and these things. But if you think back to the late '90s, and you know, instead of strengthening the squad when we're in the, you know, we could have been top on, on on New Year's Day, you know, had I think it was Trevor Sinclair was, scored yeah. a, a late equaliser, um, in that season instead of signing players in January, I think we'd, we'd decide to build the extension on the stadium. So, do you know what I mean? It's you. You look at those moments and you think well sometimes you've got to adapt and capitalise on an opportunity that presents itself that you didn't expect.
0: Yeah. I, 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 I want to talk about this more and and the state of play. And there's a reason we didn't really get on to um uh talking about Gelhard's performance and and and, and the centre forward thing because this this all this all ties into the bigger picture, doesn't it? And I want to speak So the current state of play. And I want to speak about that afterwards. So we'll have a break before we do that though. Um, I caught up with, uh, James, uh, who is involved, a founder of an organization, um, called space, which, um, looks after men's mental health, really in, in the Sunderland area and encourages Sunderland fans. So maybe just want to go and find uh, a group to talk to and stuff. Um, so I, I've had a chat with him about that. And they are doing a walk um, from Mariners Park to the stadium flight on Saturday. So I caught up with James earlier and he told me all about it. So please have a listen to this.
1: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. you have an Airbnb. Your
2: home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: Okay, I am now chatting with James Files. And James is involved uh, or the creator of, I believe, a Men Mental Health Charity, which is based in Sunderland and it's called Space. North East so I'm going to ask you about that James first of all though. massive lads fan
3: yeah massive lads fan son fans since I was <laughs> as long as I can remember um, season ticket all around my life pretty much and went to Park and all that <laughs> seeing that I was spitting in the quans the day and I was seeing that the last the last game at Rock Park I got my head stuck in the railings I was four year old I get pulled out by a couple of <laughs> But can you remember it or did you
0: I don't it, no, it's, no. it's just my dad, my dad tells us
3: um I just got a match with my dad. He's a Mass fan as well. So,
0: Okay. Uh, oh, well, yeah. at, least you, at least you made the ground, even if you can't remember, because a, a lot of exactly. people can't say the same stuff. I mean, it would have been the most surprising answer in the world if I asked if you were a Sunland fan. You said no, because cons- cons- <laughs> you're, sit- you're sitting with a on top on. So it did exactly. feel like the safest question in the world, right? <laughs> exactly. uh, do you want to give us a little bit of an um, overview on, on on what the charity is and why you started it?
3: Yeah, of course. So, I mean, so it's, we're not actually a charity, so we're a community interest company.
0: Okay, you can blame um, you can blame the, the contact between us for saying that. Yeah, Jack.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've told, I've told him now, was setting it straight. <laughs> no, no, so we're a community-based company, um, and basically we're not we're, obviously we're not we're not for profit. Um, so space basically is a, a group where we have every Wednesday we get lads to come down talk us through whatever troubles they're going through. Um, so it's a pretty, it's a similar model to Andy's Man Club, but basically what I wanted to do was focus on the northeast. The North is a pretty unique part of the world, I think. Grew up here all my life. I know the issues are quite unique as well for, I think, a lot of the people. I think the history is different wherever you go as well. Um, so, yeah, and the reason I started it was because I went through it myself. I had depression for about 10 years. I was suicidal for two of those. So that was that was the worst time of my life. Um, and, and, you know, I wouldn't wish that on, on my worst enemy. And it was every day you wake up thinking, I don't want to be alive. How can I take my own life? And ultimately, I got to that point where one day I decided that that's what I was going to do. Thankfully, I didn't. Something told me not to no, I was, I was, I felt like I had a bit more to give than just taking my own life at 26 year old. Um, so, I mean, that day I dragged myself to the doctors and I was told that I, there's quite a big waiting list for me to see anyone. Um, which was a bit disheartening. So I thought, oh, what can I do about that? Obviously, I was in the middle of it at that time, so I couldn't do anything. But basically, that was the day space was born in my head. I thought, there's got to be a better way because all I needed at the time was someone to talk to. And I felt alone and you feel like a burden on your family. I needed someone to talk to. So I thought, well, I need to do something about this when I can. Fast forward five years' time um, and I did it. So set up space. The name space is literally because we want to give lads a space just to be able to open up and talk to each other. Um, it You know, a lot of the stuff we just work through by just conversation, just lads meeting up and having a bit crap on with each other. It's, we're not therapists or counselors. It's literally just we come, in, we come in the room, talk to each other, have a cup of crap on top of the foot, they have a laugh. And honestly, the difference is massive. Mm-hmm. the difference really is massive
0: it's good to I know you're focusing on, on, on men as well because it's men are a lot more likely statistically to not say anything about the way they feel and then go off and do something that's going to harm people
3: it, it, exactly I mean it's 75 well
0: over 75% of suicides now I think are
3: a male you know what in our groups we get these like gems of knowledge all the time from the lads who were talking one of the lads said last week because uh, we're talking about the drinking culture that we've got um and we talked about the difference between how men and women handle problems and he said uh, women women go out to talk about the problems and men go out to avoid the problems um and, and that really struck a chord with me is because i think when you go out as lads you go out for a big at a match whatever it is you do it because you probably just got some things going on and you want to you don't want to think about it anymore but i think women are different in the sense that they'll talk about it and we don't um so that's why the group's here. Is just, it's literally, it's a space, it's a dedicated space for lads to come and know that and talk about it. And they don't have to worry about what anybody's going to say because we're all here for the same thing, to help each other out.
0: Okay, well, we'll get on to how people can, can get involved just now. Do you want to tell us um, about your plans for um, getting together and doing something before the Stoke game of the weekend? Yeah, yeah, of course. So basically, the idea came from,
3: um, we we're looking at, start a campaign. The campaign is called Walking to Get Bloods Talking. Basically it all it is is this year we're going to organize quite a few walks um so lads can come along and just go for a walk. Um and if they want to they can talk about stuff but if not it's it's quite cathartic just to get out um with other lads. So we thought about how how can we do something that's going to be special for someone. So we came up with this walk as, it's a walk of solidarity. So what we want to do is Get as many people as we can to join us from South Shields. So we're going to start at Mariners Park, First Cloud Arena. I've changed the name a few times. We're starting from South Shields FC Stadium. and we're going to walk to the stadium light like, before the Stoke game. So it's about two hours long. But basically, the point of the walk is to show any lads who go to the match, no matter who you support, um, that the support here has helped for you. Because I think a couple of weeks ago, you'll have probably seen on Facebook some, some fans that there pulled someone down off the bridge. Um, after after the match of three lads, I think it was, you know that that you have to be in a pretty dark place to get to that point. So what we're trying to do is say, listen, we're here, we're going to help you, and the whole of the northeast football community is all behind you. It's okay to be having a tough time. There's help available. You don't have to take that step to go over the bridge or or, or
0: whatever. Okay, so where specifically and when do they need to turn up if they want to get involved in, on on Saturday?
3: Yeah, yeah. So we're going to be leaving from. Mariners Park, so the stadium on Shaftesbury Avenue. Um, I'll be leaving there from quarter to 12. So I'll be there from 11-ish. Feel free to come between 11 and quarter to 12, but at 11.45, we'll be setting off um, and we'll be walking down past the Academy and then eventually down Russell Road uh, and meet the Bobby Sturtwell statue. I think we'll be arriving there for around about quarter past two, quarter past to half past two, depending on how long um, it takes, pretty what well, different speeds and whatnot. But yeah, so 11 o'clock, Eleven forty five leave. Um people
0: can join us. So a specific meeting point or is it not big enough for that and there's people
3: no, which... it's sort of on Shaftesbury Avenue where this where the stadium is, it's just sort of it's the main road there. Okay. Um that's where we'll be meeting I think it's pretty much the only place you can get there.
0: Okay. So if somebody doesn't uh, or is unable to 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 come along on Saturday, but is interested in in getting involved and just meeting up with other uh lads, chat about football or whatever, um how would you suggest they they get involved? What does it need to do? <laughs> Yeah,
3: so basically, what we can do, we, we have our support groups every Wednesday, so seven o'clock. We bake the light. We have a support group. You don't have to be depressed or anything like that. You can come along just for a bit of crack on. So some of the lads who come just lonely and they don't really have much contact with people anymore because whatever, born and whatnot. Um, so you can come and see us there every Wednesday, seven o'clock. If you need, if you need a hand, um, and it's just for come for a crack on, a cup of tea, um, just have a bit of a laugh as well. You know, make some mates and bit of a community forming now.
0: Okay. Well, hopefully um people have listened to this and if they can uh, if it resonates with anybody, they uh, hopefully get themselves along on Saturday or longer term um to your meetups uh, every week. So, um that's great. Keep us updated. Let us know how it goes james um, yeah, Finally, it? finally do you want to give us a score prediction for Saturday? We'll do. I think it's
3: going to be 2-1 something
0: Alex Alex never gets that. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, yeah that one, the I think the one two and three. No, did, so up, uh, you know, time of recording we we don't know how uh, things are going I know, up, of course, idea, yeah. But um warm, yeah, uh, it could be um it could be a tasty one because of uh, that element, that's for sure. Definitely. Okay, James. Thanks right. for joining us. Thanks. Cheers, thanks very much. <laughs> Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. Right, okay, no midweek game to preview. Uh, I'm not sure we should spend too much time talking about Alex Neil or anything like that. Uh, we'll let leave Matt that, do that. Yeah, leave that. We'll in let Matt, Matt yeah. do that uh, later in the week because um, it's 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 certainly an interesting one, isn't it? Uh, to
1: say I'm not looking forward to that game could be a um, massive well, understatement.
0: I think you know Tony Mowbray made a comment didn't he about Gelhardt's uh, not ability but his his Opinion on, on how he's doing, and he made a comment saying he got lost amongst three centre halves. I'm pretty sure Alex Neil's still playing three centre halves in stock. Um, so that'll be interesting. We'll let Matt look at that in more detail. Um now one thing we can't be accused of is being revisionist when it comes to opinion you know, over this, and you know, I would love nothing more now from sudden, for someone going win every single game. Uh, from now until in the season, you know, smash the playoffs and all that with the team shape as it is, but we'll not be accused of being revisionist or speaking in hindsight because we've made our stance really clear on this from the start. When Sunderland um, lost Sims and Stewart in the first half of the season, Tony Mowbray toured the party line for quite a while, I feel. Um... And then when we lost to Blackburn was the first time he kind of come out and said, you know what, I'm I'm telling the players that if we had a centre-forward playing, we'd be doing better. And Phil, he hasn't lasted anywhere near that length of time this time round. And in fact, he's he's kind of gone in, I think. I feel he's gone in indirectly on on those who were looking after transfers and basically, you know, saying if saying <laughs> categorically if Ross Stewart played at the weekend, we'd have won if the Fair, whatever he's called, a Swedish lad up front, as we call him. Jogares. Yokeres for, for Coventry was playing for Sunderland. We'd have won the game. You can't argue with it, can you? It's just, it's, the, it, it, how can you not think it's up black and white? It's so obvious.
2: Yeah, well, I think I said last time I was on with you that um, that if Ross Stewart played, if you could guarantee me Ross Stewart played every week until the end of the season, we'd, we'd be, I think I said, top top half, but I, I think top six, Um and, and if you'd have extended that back over the rest of the season. So if, if Ross Stewart plays all 46 games this season in a hypothetical world, um, I just think we'd be so much better off. Um, and if there was a beauty about him getting injured when he did, I was I was adamant that it ensured that they wouldn't not strengthen. I think that that weekend of the Fulham game, everyone's think two, three days left of the window. Everyone's thinking, well, Gelhard in the door with, with Ross Stewart. If they can get another one, then everything's hunky dory. When Ross Stewart gets injured, it was it was inexplicable to me that they would just go with with Joe Galhart. It just, and I know the club said they tried, and I'm sure they did, and I'm I'm sure they had other irons in the fire, and it wasn't just all on Ellis Sims, but it was it just feels pretty negligent to to have not got another striker in. When but he also in, when said, he, he, I mean, are. he
0: did acknowledge that they tried, but then he also said that we aren't kind of club that somebody would want to come to to sit on the bench, which was just the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard in my life, considering... <laughs> you know, It's just... It's it's insulting, I think, to suggest that players don't back themselves and that they wouldn't have come here thinking, well, I, I, I could I could get in that team. Why wouldn't they be able to? All it takes is for one or two strikes to go out of form. Gellar could really do some help with them, and I feel for him a little bit, because yeah. the amount of pressure now because we've gone from no strikers to, like, one, um, to somebody who clearly doesn't look like a number nine at the moment at this stage of his career, whether that develops later on, you know, we,
1: well, you could make an argument for that. We don't play with a number nine traditionally, do we, apparently? Well, this but this, is it, it? Well, this is, is it, isn't it? This
0: is it. This is it. And um, it's just beyond frustrating. And, and it's just telling now that Mowbray's coming out and saying it, isn't it? He's not. Is it
1: the really annoying thing for me about... January with this whole thing as well is you know when when we had the injuries like you say they kind of went along or oh, we'll we'll do our best with what we've got, and then it was felt like every game, like for that period where we had the bad run of form, every player who got interviewed after the game on whatever it was Sky or the official club channel or whatever, just kept on talking about how difficult it is to play without a centre forward. And and then when it gets to January, again, we're getting told that actually we don't really need one. And you just think, well, if you listen listen to the players, listen to the manager. And then it was, obviously, the party line came out a bit again from the manager and that, oh, well, you know, not as vehement as the first time round, but like you see, he's kind of broken rank a bit quicker this time um, with, the, with the comments. And it, it's... I mean, I kind of mentioned again. Th- the thing is, with with this debate, it seems very difficult to have it because the it it's the argument tends to drift into, oh well, we signed these crap strikers, or so what do you want us I, to do? Sign a crap honestly, striker? I then if you suggest be head a off the striker wall with this argument, it's just ridiculous. You, you, so I said, well, look, Godden came off the bench for them, and he set up the second goal. Now I'm not saying Godden's like a world beater or whatever, but if you look at his record in the championship which I did after the game, after somebody said, well, he's an average league one striker. Um, he's scored 22 in 66, I think it is, in cha- championship appearances in the last three seasons. Um, that's not bad, is it? Certainly if going to be like a... The championship. Be like a, a yeah, and he wasn't player. playing every yeah. week. He, he played, I think he, he played 26 games last season, scored 12 goals um, when I looked it up. So, I mean... It's nearly one and two. <laughs> yeah, so... Now I'm not saying he was the answer specifically. I'm just saying the idea, so the idea that we can't sign a striker is ridiculous. The idea that we can't get one that fits within this the model again, which I, you know, hate to use a terminology. I'm sure that uh, Chris Weatherspoon will be (laughs) probably start vomiting now. I've said it, Um, but it's true. That's the reason why, isn't it? It's because we couldn't get a player that. It's the profile that we were looking for it wasn't that we couldn't have signed a striker and the, it's a very specific profile That it's a player of a certain age um, who costs a, re- a reasonably small fee, who's got talent and potentially we could sell them for money if they are successful down the line and then if they are not successful then it's no it's no hardship, we haven't wasted a load of money um, and I've said this before, strikers are the most expensive commodity so we're not, we it, when we haven't, we've only signed one strike apparently aside from Demain, Jermaine Defoe in two years, and that was Ross Stewart. So, it, it, to me, it seems as though this the model doesn't take into account that we should be buying a centre forward because it, like to me, it's it, like reading between the lines, it's not, financial, it's not a financially sound decision to buy a centre forward because they will cost you probably more money than you make back on them. But that's my opinion. Someone might come out and say, well, you're wrong, but I don't know what you think, Phil.
2: I wonder if if part of the defence for not signing a striker is and, and I made this point after Rotherham that this team never looks like it won't score. Yeah. You know, and if you I think you have to go all the way back to I think it was the Cardiff game at home, which is way before the World Cup. That's the last time we failed to score. Um and I I, I wonder if they look at the, the form of Diallo and, and Roberts stats, and people like that yeah. and almost think it masks it and but that, that was just unsustainable. And you look at the games like Millwall, Rotherham and Coventry, and the team is just crying out for just an out ball. Because you can try and play football whichever way you like in the championship. You can be as pretty as you want to be. But sooner or later, you will get games like that where they will just bombard you. And at some point, you need an outlet and... Gelhardt isn't that outlet, I'm afraid. He's, he's. I was really encouraged by him in the second half, rather, and because lots of nice little touches expanded the play, got his goal, and and you wondered if if that was some sort of turning point for him. But I, I just think it's so much to ask for a lad of his age yeah. and his inexperience to be playing every single week. It is just, it, it's almost
0: unfair on him, frankly. And and what did Coventry do when? They were under the kosher bit and we were like keeping the ball and we're we're playing around them and yes, we're not cutting them open. and and regardless of whether the focal points there, we were on top and we look by far the better team. What do they do? What does any footballer do at any level when you're under the kosher bit? You look for the guy up front, don't you? You hold on to that, mate, for me, please. While we just take a breather here, regain our shit. It's just... It's just basic. It's it's basic. It's a really good point that, Phil, I think, about maybe they've looked, because they do like the stats and the data, and maybe they are looking and saying, well, we're scoring every week, so we'll be fine. And we will be. But this links to what Gareth said, you know, in the, in the first part there. I'm just worried it's going to be a missed opportunity because, yes, they're ahead of schedule. When might it open up for us like this again in terms of... You're looking at the teams around it, and, and we know we're all saying it. We're a centre forward away from being a really good team. I couldn't see us not getting in the playoffs, honestly. Like you say, if Stuart was playing or somebody of that caliber up front.
1: I mean, and, we didn't have to even have to sign someone of, of Stewart's caliber. I mean, I don't think that would be you're not you're not okay, going to probably somebody get, that somebody
0: that's, yeah. you're that, gonna that get, you're not going
1: to get. You're not going to get a like a like for like for Stewart because no. of, like I know I've said before, like Bro D the Dio's, profile, yeah, and then like Jorgensen, you have put those three. Of the strikers I've seen this season are easily the, the head and shoulders above the other forwards in the division. Um, of their style, I've seen obviously Burnley have scored a lot of goals, but they've they're playing a, a very different way. And it, it's funny because their two sort of center forwards, um, were uh, it's a uh, Jay Rodriguez and Ashley Barnes, who are very well, not definitely Barnes, more of a sort of um, a target man type player and bringing in those. Um, sort of more tricky players, the wide players that they've got. So, you know, I do. You, you look at it sometimes, and it it doesn't have to be. You know, sometimes you got to go. Well, yeah, we wanted this, but we didn't get this. So, what? What's the what's the alternative? Now, I'm not. I'm going to make a couple of not comparisons, but just for balance, because you know when people say, "Oh, well, we are signed like, well, Will Grigg or." And the list, all these strikers who were crap for us or whatever when we signed them and didn't work. We look at two seasons where we got promoted and two players who nobody would have looked at at all, but we signed them. One, Brian Dean. Now, I'm not saying we should have gone someone like Brian Dean who's like 38 years old and he didn't score for us, but he had a massive impact on that he team did. when he needed he to. He played well. Yeah. Look, at, look like, when he, like Ipswich. At two all um, you know, big big result in that season. Remember him having a real impact on that game. Um, and then you look at someone like Stern John, who uh, we signed yeah. um, I knew you were gonna say, him. yeah <laughs> um, you know, and nobody would have gone, Oh, we should sign Stern John at the time. But we did, and he scored four or five goals, and he was a really important player for us. Um and we hold Stewart, he,
0: if you want to go further back.
1: Yeah, maybe Paul Stewart, yeah. Um had
0: a big impact on it. He, he, yeah, was the, nightly he nightly really nightly kicked said, us on yeah. once we signed him. He used to bring um, Craig Russell in. Yeah,
1: so, you know, the. sometimes you don't have to sign, you know, it doesn't have to be someone who is good as, but sometimes you kind of go, well, what what do we need? Somebody who's going to hold the ball up, somebody who's going to be a physical threat. Somebody who can bring on if you know, because at the moment, Galar can't last 90 minutes, so we have to make the change. And we're, we're spending, we're, sp- we're playing out 20 minutes of the game without a centre forward again. And especially if you're chasing the game and you need to get back into it and you can't bring a striker on, you have to take a striker off. It doesn't look great. Um, so now I'm there'll probably people going like, Oh, you're talking rubbish or whatever. That's fine. I just think I'm all for. You know the the approach that they take. But I just think sometimes you've you've got to be agile. You know, There's a, a word that Speakman probably would use, but or, but he doesn't apply. Um, you know, you do have to be agile. Sometimes you have to look at what you've got and go, well, the situation dictates. Maybe we're going to have to. And I won't be told that <laughs> they wouldn't do that. It's it's not doable when they want it to be doable because we signed Jermaine Defoe last January. And he was completely not in the um in the ballpark in terms of what we're looking for now so you know it, it, it's just it's it'll it'll remain a mystery, and many people kind of defend it, and many people say you know um
0: and I totally harsh, get the argument but... when people when people say no um you know um maybe we're not ready you know we're not ready for the prep and and yes like you know if you <laughs> on the face of it, it does seem like that, but a couple of things on that, like firstly, if this, if this recruitment team, are, you know, backing themselves as much as, you know, I don't know, I don't, it sounds harsh, I should say like, you know, as much, as good as they think they are, because they've, they've been fantastic on the whole. So you think that would have been wrong to say that, but more than anything, the flip of that way, yes, they've done such a good job to identify some of these players. So why not back yourself at the higher level, you would, you would sign the same kind of player, but they'll they'll be better. They'll be more, you know, the the, this, the quality of if you've got this scouting database and everything like that, then the quality of players going to be better the next um, division you go up. Like it wouldn't it would be ideal, like in terms of like having an oven ready side for the Premier League. We're far from that, but Forrest, for example, had to sign a new squad, and they've coped. Can you? Can you? Can you? Can you? Do you know what I mean? When you can smell an opportunity like this, sometimes, like, why not just, why not go for it? And it's hard to believe that they've, that they haven't held back a little bit. In my opinion,
1: I was waiting for Phil. I thought Phil. <laughs> in I feel like I've stood you in the I silence for that.
2: I would. I would. I would echo a lot of what you said, and and it is frustrating, but it. <laughs> I guess it. I guess they've got it in their heads that that this would be some sort of. I don't think they've said it publicly, have they? But after winning promotion, that I thought, give us three years to get up.
0: And we and probably this, felt this that year as well. would
2: would all be yeah. about consolidation, which mm-hmm. is already in the bag, and that's a lot of boxes ticked. And I, and I, if if there's a if there's a hope of mine for the rest of the season, and I can't believe we're only twelve games left, but I hope it just doesn't fizzle out. And I don't think it will because. This team doesn't go along without winning its next game, so I, I think I think this team will always be on the coattails of the top six. But there was there was, there was certainly an opportunity there to to, to crack it, and, and because below Sheffield United, uh, Burnley, and, and Middlesbrough, every, every team's as, as broadly inconsistent as as, as we are, and, and and therein lay the opportunity and. And, and we we've we never struggled to score goals, never struggled to win games, but they just needed that little that little kick in January. And it, it, I mean, the ambition that they were looking at four different targets on deadline day said that the club needed another striker. So so at the end of it, just to suddenly it almost felt like a shrug of the shoulders to say, "Ah, oh, well, we tried. Never mind. On we go. We'll we'll go with what we have got." It Just. Oh, just seemed a bit sort of timid. It, it didn't feel
0: like a club. And then the country's leaving it at that. Though, the country's, to you know, I wouldn't mind if it just said, oh, we, we had a go, sorry, it didn't happen. And he nearly did that. But then he still can't help throwing in the stuff to say, like, actually, we know more about football than you and this side doesn't need another centre forward and other teams mm. in the world. And it's, I mean, it's the thing that really gets me. I,
2: I would temper any sort of message that it's going to be a missed opportunity because I do think this squad will be, better for next year I, yeah. I know you're going to take Ahmad out of it um, I don't think there's any chance he plays championship football next year um, but if you take him out of it the, the the rest of this squad will be better for next year I, I don't don't necessarily see us in any great danger of losing anyone I know there's I know there's probably a few that are sort of pushing towards getting on the Premier League radar of clubs but I think broadly this squad will be will be better for next year and if if they could get a striker, then or a fit striker every week, then you'd fancy them to push on again. But yeah, Do you think- I mean, it, it will be frustrating coming into the season because I, I don't think we'll be top six. And to be fair, I've, I've never thought that. I, I've always thought it'd be close, but there's always something missing, whether it's the sort of depth of the squad or the inexperience needed. I always saw six stronger teams, and I'd be delighted if I'm proved wrong. But that that was always my sort of gut feeling. Um and perhaps like the last week's um underlined that I suppose.
1: Do you think we'll get through the summer without losing? I'm not so sure. Uh, Clark, Neil, uh, Clark, Neil, Patterson, Ballard, um Stewart still, like injury do you know, or not? think nuts, somebody you know? might go. Oh.
0: And let's be honest, I think Maubray like plays I'm not his to be part neg- in this as well, doesn't he? Because he's he's at every opportunity he's telling us that Patrick Roberts is a Premier League player, for example. Now, I don't want to sound cynical, but for me, if you're coming out and vocalizing that as often as you are, there's an element of it that's saying, Come in and give us fifteen million quid for this player, please. And 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 then the then we'll see how they react by how much they reinvest. I'm not. I I agree, Phil. I'm not so sure we want those players. Especially well, you look I at think, someone like Patterson. The the talking about going up and linking up with the England squad potentially. I mean, yeah.
2: Well, I think a couple of names you mentioned, like Neil and Patterson. I, I think if you're a Premier League club, you'd maybe watch with interest next year. I'm not. I'm not convinced you'd necessarily see them and think Premier League ready. And then perhaps with Roberts, you're thinking, well, he's had big moves in the past to a big club. I don't know. Does that almost like like his copybook a little bit. Do, do people still need a little bit more convincing on him? And the same with Ballard. Again, he's not played a huge amount of football. His, Arsenal didn't see a player in him worth holding on to. I'm not suggesting for a second that any of these players won't make it to the Premier League. I'm, I'm sure the vast majority of those I've just mentioned will, but I think maybe next year might be early. I don't know.
1: I would thinking if I was a team like Burnley or Sheffield United getting promoted, I'd be going and thinking, well, I'm going to try and sign Dan Ballard. Yeah, like, I mean, what did we pay for him? Million quid or something? I mean, in terms of a player that age with that experience and that ability, I'd be, I'd be look, you know, because even if you come back down again, you know, you've got to play a player ready made for the championship with a with a level of experience so someone like that. I'd be thinking, yeah, like, I mean, it's worth certainly worth a punt. Someone like that, but I mean, we'll see what I mean. We'll see what happens. I hope we get through the summer and. We we avoid losing our better players, and because I think that'll be the frustrating thing. We'll lose a couple, and then we see w- where we were, and then it'll be like, oh, well, we thought we could improve on next season. Now we're going to have to replace these players who were really high performers last year, and hopefully we can. Um, but it can be hard. To, it can be hard to do that. Um, you know. So to, you what a difference a week makes in the tone of a podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know reactionary, reactionary morons. Yeah, but
0: no, we we're, we're not over the straight. That's one thing we're not over the straight situation. And that's well, just gets, how
1: it feels, isn't it? It's how nobody feels. gonna yeah. nobody gonna accuse
0: us of that. But at the same time, the one people want us to come and mourn about that when we've just won a game, we will get slated for it. So we, do you know what I mean? You can't win sometimes. But I, I just wonder what what input more is going to have, if anything, because he's again something you know talking about the absence of Corey Evans and the impact that's clearly made on the on the on the side and we're a bit of a soft touch in the middle and he said as well earlier in the season he was quoted as saying you know I don't have really a say in the transfers now that's not my job I'm the coach however if they listen to me I think we could do with another Corey Evans type in in the middle of the park and that's being completely ignored so
2: I'm not bringing it up because he's coming back this weekend but I don't think Alex Neil would have Taken the, the recruitment strategy of the club in the last in the last okay, windows. That's probably is, why he left. Well that's why left
0: isn't it? I, yeah, I think I think, he that's, I think when we've had time to reflect, you know, obviously we we said a lot about and, you know, maybe maybe the contract length had something to do with it, but I, I think with half a year, half a season, or three quarters of season to reflect on things, it's probably pretty clear that that's the reason. That's the main reason he left. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And yes. I don't, I don't think and in the end, it, all, it was almost amicable because I don't think his
0: long-term ambitions aligned with the clubs. And... Which is not us suggesting that's the right, you know, I, I I, think we're all in agreement now that actually that this, you know, we, we've, we've tried giving managers full control before and it, and it hasn't worked. And then when they leave, it becomes, it becomes expensive and messy for another manager to, to to do the same, I think. I think we're all we're all happy with the recruitment structure, aren't we? Um, at the minute, I don't think anybody's suggesting otherwise. And I think what you can say is that, again, with reflection and a bit of hindsight, the club have made they would back themselves and say we've, we've probably made the right decision. And Tony Mowbray is a better fit for this squad of players that we have, and he's done an absolutely fantastic job, Tony Mowbray, in the in the whole uh, on mm-hmm. the whole. But. Um, I think, like we keep saying, just a few tweaks wouldn't go miss. Just a little exception of the rule here and there when it comes to just adding maybe one or two players who've just have a bit of a different profile and have that experience is all I would say, really. Right. Yeah.
1: Sorry. Anybody else? Sorry for going on our Strikers again.
0: Yeah, we are. Anybody else have anything to add before we go?
1: Buy tickets for the show yes. at the Customs House. On the 27th of April, if you go to 1973 Journey to Glory featuring Vic Hallam at the um, Customs House in South Shields, tickets are available online if you go to customshouse.co.uk or if you go to wisemansay.co.uk, you'll be able to find the link through there, the £12.50 each.
0: Do that. Matt will be back to, um, to discuss the game of the weekend talk about Alex Naylor a little bit, I guess, if that's your thing, <laughs> um, as always.